From this weather-tight six-floor window I hear voices from people below Can't quite make out what they're saying Not sure that I want to know Hit the pavement, sunglasses and ball caps Stepping over and on sidewalk cracks Cafe rain, t-shirt car, the usual mom Sweeping enterprise, keeping on track It's the pulse of the city, the family affair Healing, revealing, it's gritty man Humankind intertwined, a big melting pot Intertwined all together, like it hung high
You're not even letting me start the show, and you're already messing everything up, Mary. Come on. I'm no. not messing it. Am I? I'll hang up. Would you like that? Uh-oh. Oh, no. Off the chain history. I couldn't even get the bio out, and she hung up. Oh. Dude, All right, ladies and gentlemen. The blues. That was awesome, man. <laughs> don't. Don't let me I, not improv. I picked that just for you. <laughs> I, I I heard, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, this is off the chain. We're already off the chain. I am your host for the night, uh, Ian Bush, filling in for Yvonne Mason, and she is probably cackling because she already hears that we have just thrown yeah, the studio apart. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, our music for tonight was uh, one of our dear friends, Teddy Brunetti, Eat, Sleep, Repeat. And I played this song specifically for our guest tonight because that is all she does is eat, which I interrupted with the show, sleep, which is the (laughs) minimum, and repeat. We are talking to Mary Brotherson today. She's the founding president of BeUnique.org, an award-winning scriptwriter, photographer, and editor. As the editor-in-chief of Be Unique magazine and the director of Be Unique Radio, she is privileged to interview remarkable people and work with volunteers and experts from around the world. When she's not managing the administrative side of the nonprofit, fundraising, or mentoring others, she's painting, illustrating children's books, working on one of three novels, anthologies, and scripts, or editing for other writers. The fourth of eight children... Mary grew up in a small rural town in South Carolina, where she also raised two sons. She and her second husband currently live on the space coast of Florida, not far from NASA, beaches, and Orlando. A semi-retired adrenaline junkie, Mary says she is the sole possession of an orange cat born in 2004. When they moved from Atlanta to Florida, Mary quickly immersed herself in the writing community and was deeply involved in the Space Coast Writers Guild and Florida Writers Association until she founded her own private writers critique group. She has worked as the managing editor of two local newspapers and is now selling her debut book, Go With Angels, published by Be Unique, with proceeds being donated to the charity. Contact Mary through BeUnique.org. And another fun thing about Mary is that she's actually a very dear friend of mine who has... uh, seen some ups and downs and I am forever grateful for and so happy that you are here to spend an hour with me tonight. Mm. Yay. So how you doing? Can I talk now? (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing good. How you doing? How you doing? No, I'm doing all right. I've uh, recently discovered I I, uh, reopened one of my new injuries, so I'm feeling good uh, tonight. No, I'm I'm kidding. (laughs) You're feeling good tonight only if you got some good medicine. (laughs) No, neither confirm nor deny. No. But we're not here talking about our injuries, well, right? We got to talk about the art. So, what have you been the, up to the lately? The question is, Ian. Well, no, no, no. Let me finish my thought here, man. My question is, will you share? <laughs> what? <clears throat> or deny? Man, that's a felony. <laughs> we'll talk after the what show. Have I been up to? <laughs> well, man, I have. I have just. I've been taking pre-orders for my debut book. Published by Be Unique, and mm-hmm. 
I'm, I'm really excited about it because it's, uh, it's a memoir of sorts. Well, I guess it's not of sorts. It is a memoir. Um, it's not a full autobiography. It's the end of my life. And it's mm-hmm. called Go With Angels. And that was the one that we talked about on the show last time that you were starting, correct? Or is this another one? That's the same one that we talked about. Because we challenged you, and I'm so glad you, you rose to the occasion. I actually remember it's, you sending It's a collection me. of short stories. and Yes, yes, you did. You said, why aren't you finishing it? Yes, I have to now. <laughs> I had I had several I people pushing. You wish what? Oh, I wish Yvonne was here too, because she'd be laughing at that as well. That we made somebody else rise to the challenge of of you know creating their goals and their dreams. I know she'd be proud of you. I'm proud of you. Well, thank you. This book is a, a working. You know, it's a, I started it long time ago as journal entries, and of the stories were typed up letters that I sent to people, Uh, just things that happened in my life or in my son's life or in other people's lives that let me know without a doubt that angels exist. Oh, yeah. I have no doubt that they they are here, they are willing... whether you believe in angels or not doesn't really matter because the angels believe mm-hmm. in us and they're more than happy to be here. Um, yeah. it, it blows me away. Some of the things that have happened in my life show me. And, uh, you know, I even asked one time, why, why am I seeing this? Why am I hearing this? Why did he think that? So that I received was because you will. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's that way with all of us. I mean, I have a sister who's often, mo- most of the people in my family, um, we have some kind of Claire. We're either audience or clairvoyant or B, I don't know. But um, I have one sister who's often said, I don't ever hear the angels. I don't ever see the angels. Why not? And the answer mm-hmm. for her was because you're not quiet enough. You can't quiet your mind to hear them. Yeah. And in fact, one of the one of the stories. I think it's in this. I'm not even sure. I need to find out um, if it's in this book or if it's in uh, my next book. Because I'm going to be writing another one that kind of loosely based on the same subject. But um, I know that my husband um, is in this book. It's called um, It's Your Mom. That's the name of the story. Because my husband's Mm -hmm. mother, who had died, oh, I don't know, about eight or nine years before I ever met him, came to Mm -hmm. me one time. And she and I were having a conversation. Because Curtis was there with me, I was relaying. And all this happened in a very, very short span of time. But um, Mm -hmm. he said, you know, 
I used to talk to mom all the time. She was always there for me, but I haven't heard her in a long time. Why not? Or I wonder why not. And before he could even get the words out of his mouth, she said, because he's too damn busy to listen. <laughs> and told me that she would talk to me for him until he could calm down and get his mind straight and come back. Yeah, it's funny that you uh, mentioned that too because that, I actually had an one interesting. Of the kinds of stories. Oh yeah, um, I actually had a, a similar experience as well. Um, first one I've had since she's passed. Um, my dad's mom. Um, it was so creepy too how it happened, and I, I'll share it too. I, I believe kind of what you believe too as well, so I'll go along the same lines and. You know, if people write me off as some dude who is on a psychedelic trip or something, then so be it. But it's my experience, and I'm I'm going to own it. So I was actually um, sleeping it's one night. It's your truth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Even if it's not the universal truth, you know, it's still my truth. I, I'll still own my truth. Um, right. So I was, I was, I was sleeping, and I, I think um, your husband and I would get along – quite well because I forget to smell the flowers too so I think if an angel was going to visit me at all it would have to be in my sleep because I am a habitual sloth I love my sleep I love cuddles and sleep and all that stuff right so um I'm, I'm, I'm you know sleeping having a dream and I see it's my grandma and I'm like man I haven't thought about my grandma and so on and yada yada and I could hear her laugh and um you know she was uh how can I put this politely a heavier set woman um but in her dream she was a lot skinnier and it made me happy because I was like wow like she got to the size that she wanted and yada yada and hearing her laugh and seeing her her do what she was doing in my dream um instantly woke up now, granted, I'm in mountain time, so my dad is in East Coast time. And so I text him maybe at, like, 2 in the morning. I'm like, Dad, I, I don't know how to tell you this. Like, I just had this weird dream about Grandma, yada, 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 everything I just explained. I'm like, that was a trip, man. I haven't thought about her in six, seven, eight years, right? And no kidding, he texted me right back within 10, 15 minutes, and he says, I need you to call me. Now, granted, there's a little bit of a time difference, right? Two o'clock for me um, for Eastern is one, two to three, three to four. So that's about four in the morning. So it's still a little early for him, too. He and where up. were you? Where were you? Mountain time. Where were you located? Just just in, okay. in the mountain time zone. <laughs> in an undisclosed location in the mountain time zone. Okay. Near, you know, New Mexico, Arizona, Colorado, around there. Somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> understood. understood. You were in the yeah, right. I got you. <laughs> um, and my dad wakes up, like, or you know, my dad texts me and says, "Hey, call me," like within ten minutes of my of my text, and I'm like, "Whoa, it's still like four o'clock for him." And so I call him, and he's like, "I just woke up because I just had a dream about my mom. Same type of dream, oh. same type of scenario." And I'm all like, so you, like, you know, I thought he was just pulling my leg, right? I thought he just couldn't sleep. And I was all like, 
okay, Dad, yeah, whatever. He's like, no, I'm serious. He's like, I read your text message, Brim, and I just, brother, I got, I got chills. I got chills because that's exactly what happened to me. And I was like, wow, interesting wow. little, right. Uh, just so coincidental that it happened to both of us across the country almost at the same time. And, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've had other instances the two of you before that. Were you and your dad oh, close at that time? Um, as close as a father and son who lives across the country is. I mean, you know how it gets. It's it's a week. I mean, or you weren't two you weren't estranged. No, 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 no. We just maybe we didn't talk for two or three weeks, and that's about normal. We'll we'll not talk for about two or three weeks, and then we'll call each other and um catch up. You know, for two or three weeks, it. it it works better with us. You get what I'm saying? If if yeah. I call him every week and, Dad, guess what happened this week? You got nothing like, to okay, say you're you call too often. Yeah, exactly. So the two or three weeks buffer, if it's been two or three weeks, we'll send, like, the warning text, like, hey, what are you doing? You know? <laughs> like, <laughs> haven't heard from you. You want to call? Yeah, well, you know, we, we try to be respectful of each other's time because um, we're both – busy and doing stuff but um you know I had instances before that that had my my belief in in that kind of things but that's probably the most recent one that I would be willing to share with you in our off the chain crowd tonight so how much of these experiences do you actually put into your writing do you have a lot of these types of experiences that you try to put and be unique or well, I don't put them in be unique per se. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this, uh, this is my book that I published. Uh, be uh, This is just my my book of memories and, and experiences, and it's yeah. eighty-eight pages. A small book. It's six by. It's a big book. Only cost mm-hmm. $9.99. And if anybody wanted to buy a book, all they have to do is go to paypal.me slash go with angels, pay me, give me mm-hmm. address, and I'll put it in the mail. Postage is free. Oh, wow. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. you are pretty good about getting your uh, orders in, too. So uh, in the interest of transparency, um, I actually had one of my stories uh, in Be Unique, and I know that's di- that's different, right? But I know I got all my my yeah, unique swag pretty it. quick. It, it was, I, Did you really you call that mental illness? Mental illness in five hundred words. Yeah, mental health was in five hundred words. Of the, you the, remember of the, the title? Article. Oh my goodness! Because I was I was racking my and brain because obviously oh. the off off-the-chain family knows I can't keep anything to 500 words. So for Mary to tell me 500 words or less, I was really racking my brain on that one. <laughs> but you did a good job. You did a great job with that. You you were very creative with how you wrote that because you, you, you basically you. said, well, I don't know how to write 500 words about mental health. And then the next thing I know, you've written this amazing article. That means and a lot. You really, from, uh, go ahead. 
you wrote it from personal experiences, which is what makes it the more powerful. It wasn't just like, oh, I got an idea, I got an opinion, here's what I think. No, you, you were talking <laughs> from personal experience with your own right. journey toward or through or around mental health. I mean, we all deal with it, some to a greater oh, yeah. degree than others. And uh, I, I remember my own son wrote an article for Be Unique about suicide. And I think he mm-hmm. just called it Suicide Averted because he actually called the suicide hotline, which if mm-hmm. anybody is out there, uh, I, I'm delighted to, to say that the suicide hotline used to be like this long, uh, I think it was a 10-digit number, and now mm-hmm. it, it's down to like a three-digit number, 988. You know how mm-hmm. we have 911 and 211 yep. for information? 988 for suicide mm-hmm. and crisis. And what my son wrote about was the fact that just because you may not have a loaded gun in your hand, you might not have a rope around your neck or a bottle of sleeping pills, mm-hmm. but you're entertaining. You know, if I had a gun, if I had a rope, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I, if I you know, I would take my life. If even once, reach out. And get the help you need. Yeah. 988 is the phone number. Just text it or I think you can just dial it like 911. And, mm-hmm. you know, yes, they, can, they, they have the most amazing people. Because I remember my son said that he, he told the guy who answered the phone, I oh, you know, I'm probably wasting your time. I shouldn't be here because there's people who are really committing suicide and you should talk to them. I shouldn't. I'll just hang up. And the guy was like, No, 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 mm-hmm. no, no. Today you're thinking about it. Tomorrow you might do it if I don't intercede. Inter- intercede. And it mm-hmm. totally turned my son's life around. Totally. Yeah. Within two months, he had moved, had a new job, was looking on the bright side again. And yeah. You know, people people don't want to talk about um, when you don't feel good or when you don't think clearly. And that's, I think, one of the reasons I'm not going to say I've never entertained suicide. I've had moments back mm-hmm. in what I call my other life before mm-hmm. I uh, before I divorced my first husband. I can remember mm-hmm. thinking the world would be better off without me. Or I wonder if if I disappeared, would anybody care? And those are those mm-hmm. are not normal thoughts to be thinking. So but a lot of people think them. And if you don't yeah. get the help to help you through that, it can mm-hmm. spiral if you're feeling the least oh. bit down or depressed. And that was mm-hmm. one of the the strong reasons that I wrote this book. I mean, I, I've been a writer since I was old enough to hold crayon. But <laughs> this book I've been working on for years as things happened in, in my life and in my son's lives. And any, mm-hmm. There's a story in there about angels in Seattle. It was a story that was told to me by my co-founder at the Unique, Jennifer, uh, an incident she had. Um, 
But the angels are there to help us mentally, emotionally, and physically. And trust me, I have so many stories about physical interventions, Mm life-saving interventions. But a lot of the things that have happened were emotional, too. We're an angel. And, and I, I have a very loose interpretation of what an angel is. I believe that angels walk among us. Um, I think that we see people that might, they might be in our life for a while. But I've had instances where someone did or said something that impacted my life, and I never saw them again. And they should have been there the next day or the next. There was a time where a trooper told me that my son should have died in a car wreck. And mm-hmm. you ever been to an auto accident where a state trooper leaves the scene of the accident before the people do? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've never no, I've, seen I've, that. I've, 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 uh, I've literally Well, you've been... worked. You work as a first responder, so you know how that works. But oh yeah, and I was going to say without violating HIPAA. Before. Yeah, and without but violating why? HIPAA, I've seen instances where people say, "Hey, if you don't have to go in there, uh, suggest you don't." Mm-hmm. And that's the brother sisterhood code of like, "Yo, the same the same in museum. This is a real person's life. So whatever's in there, like, you pay it respect." You don't gotta go in there. Yeah. Don't go in there. This ain't this ain't a freaking petting zoo. Like this is real life. So I, I I have seen that where they'll come and then they're like, hey, I'm just gonna direct traffic and you do what you do. And it's like, oh, was it really that bad? Like, oh, oh no, great. no, what this wasn't like into? that. This wasn't like that. I mean, my son was in a wreck where he flipped his car, and oh yeah, the highway patrolman was there before we got there. This was in the days before cell phones. So, you know, he had to make a phone call. Actually, he called from the sheriff's dispatch or uh, highway patrol dispatch yeah. called us. And so we get there. There's a state trooper sitting on the side of the road, and my son's leaning on his car, shaking. He, he basically was in shock. And the trooper yeah. said, you need to get him some, you know, he, he's pretty, pretty much banged up, and he's in shock, but he's okay. He said, you don't necessarily have to take him home, but keep an eye on him. And you're going to have to get a tow truck. So we were making arrangements to get a tow truck, trying to figure out how. He said, I'll call for one. So he called for a tow truck. And Mm -hmm. so we're talking to my son, and there's nobody else on this road. It's an old country road. Before the tow truck arrives, we turn to look at the, the trooper to talk to him. He and his car are gone. There's nobody there. And what Matt told us was he felt pressure on his chest as the car was flipping. And mm-hmm. his seatbelt broke. And mm-hmm. he didn't hit his head. He should have. The, the trooper said he should have been dead. The car was squashed flat. Yeah. And somehow he crawled out with only yeah. scratches. I believe that trooper might have been an angel. And so um, 
going back a little bit into into what you were saying as well, um, because we have good rapport and friendship, I, I will slightly disagree with you about the um, suicide is not. Um, see now I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, and I don't want to say it and, and alarm anybody, but having thoughts that I'd be better off dead or not in the world anymore and that not being a normal thought, I, I want to challenge that a little bit. And again, we're, we're both, as I said, we have good rapport together. So I know that we can have a, a, a civil discussion and still come away as friends, but I, I have to challenge that slightly just because I believe that thought process is a normal thought process until it becomes so ingrained in your life that that's all you hear anymore. Would you agree or disagree? Well, I can, I can, I can agree with that. But I also know that there are many people in this world who've never, ever thought of harming themselves or had right. a what-if scenario. And the people that I've talked to in the mental health industry or profession have all mm-hmm. told me that if you have that thought, it's not, maybe normal is the incorrect word, it's not healthy. Because I will it agree, can and not healthy, down, yes. Yeah, it, it can lead you down a slippery slope. I, I will agree with that as well, is that it would not be a healthy thought, but um, one of the things, and, and I've talked about it on the show, that I've had my experiences, um, with mental health struggles, suicide, stuff like that, was that was the number one thing that irked me so bad. Call it, call it not normal, call it not healthy, call it whatever you will. I always had people saying, when you think about you not being around anymore, like you're abnormal. And as an artist, I think you have to be a little bit abnormal to create good art. You don't... Um, Happen chance upon well, you're this. Gonna, you're going to love one of my upcoming books then. <laughs> well, uh, so, well now hear me out. Hear me out. So, so you have to be slightly abnormal story. because, yeah, you have to be slightly abnormal because you are putting yourself in abnormal situations to entertain your audience, be it if the abnormal situation is something that you went through or someone else went through, you're still putting yourself into what I would honestly call an altered state of consciousness to connect to that abnormal situation. So is it not a healthy thought to think I'd be better off or the world would be better off if I wasn't around anymore? Yeah, that could be slightly abnormal. It could be slightly unhealthy, but I think there's a fine line and I'm not going to say, you know, Oh, if you think about this four times, now you've crossed the line and we're, we're calling the cavalry. Like you've you've gone too far. Like I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that I get scared when see, and I don't. You heard like the quiver in my voice when I said scared. I sound like a wimp. Um, <laughs> I get scared when people say, "If you think this once, you're abnormal," because then people think, "Well, shoot, I need to hide this, and I need to like dig exactly. and, and, and bury it and." And and that and it, it I don't I don't want people to think. You're, you're absolutely right for for bringing that into the light, Ian. Because for so many years, 
and it's still going on. People, if I break a leg and people see me hobbling around, they're going to say, Mary, go to the hospital, go to the doctor, get a cast. If I, mm-hmm. if I cut myself, whether it's accidentally or on purpose, but I need stitches, you're going to encourage me to go get medical care. Got a headache? Yeah. Take medicine or go to the doctor. Get an MRI. You know, mm-hmm. got a headache that goes on for six weeks? Go, go get an MRI. Go get help. Uh, well, I'm having thoughts of harming myself. Uh, I really think the world would be better off without me. Uh, what do I have mm-hmm. to offer to this world? Mm-hmm. Keep that quiet. Don't tell anybody you're thinking that. That's a weird thing. Nobody needs to know right. that. That never, they all need to know. I have a grandson yeah. who, as he says, he has all the Ds. He has ADD, PTSD. <laughs> he has complex PTSD. And I, I didn't mean to laugh at that. Enough. I'm he's sorry. <laughs> no, uh, laugh, because he says if you can't laugh, life is no good. Yeah. He was, uh, he's been assaulted. Um at least four times that I know of, starting when he was about seven, and sexually assaulted. And he was abused by his brother, stepbrother, whatever, half-brother. And um, he's had some issues with uh, abandonment issues and all kinds of so-and-so and -and 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 so-and-so. Anyway, uh, he he said, uh, you know, the worst thing about being sexually assaulted is it's a real pain in the ass. And, and he laughs about it. He makes fun of himself and of the situation. And he says, it's yeah. not that it's funny, but if you don't make fun of it, you're going to just curl up and die. And he's been yeah. getting um, mental health counseling since he was 13, I think. Seems like around puberty yeah. was when it came to light and his dad got him the help that he needed. But... Uh, yeah. it's, it's a scary, scary thing. My, his dad has PTSD from 20-plus years in the military, and that's a whole yeah. other story, but it's not really my story to tell. But um, yeah. if he didn't get the help that he needed when he needed it, there's no telling where he'd be right now. And, mm-hmm. you know... Another you know, angel, right? That he's, uh, maybe we we know that his firstborn, who was um, stillborn, is a personal angel of his. And I write about Jacob in my book, the, the different ways yeah. he yeah. manifested to us. But um, you know, mental health, whether it's strong mental health or weak mental health or somewhere in between. Mm-hmm. It needs as much medical intervention as a broken leg or a cut needing stitches. I mean, my kids, both of my kids have had mental health counseling. And I call them Mm -hmm. kids, they're grown men. Um, I mean, my grandson's almost 17, so, yeah. I mean, you still call me a kid, and I pay taxes, so I'm used to it. (laughs) Hey. When they turned 30, they each called me at different times. And, uh, oh, said, hey, no. Mom, you're I'm the one year from death, man. Mary. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm yeah. one year from death, I, Mary. I, I, think, I, think <laughs> for, I think for men, that's a bigger deal than it is for women. 
Um, but I, I know they both called me and said, Mom, you're the mother of an old man. And I told them, yeah. nope, can't, can't be because you can't be old until I'm old. And the first one, the right. military one, argued, argued my logic with him. And the second <laughs> one, who's more artistic, said, it's not fair, Mom. You're going to be 17 forever. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. But they, they both sought mental health professionals when they needed it. And I think as a result, they're more um, able to function in society. Uh, yeah. before, before my oldest one had his diagnosis, it was scary to go to a, a restaurant with him and, and forget about public events like concerts or you know, any other yeah. you know, like art fairs or whatever because he was so yeah. hyper-vigilant. We, you know, for a while, we just figured it was because uh, getting out of the military was brand new. We didn't realize what was going on. But by the time yeah. we figured out what was going on, he'd already found the help he needed. And he's like a totally yeah. chill human being now. It's really great to watch him. And I actually have uh, two threads on that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say his brother, the artist, is still the weirdo, but that's okay. It's, it's, it's still <laughs> different, different treatment for different illnesses. Definitely. And I actually have two threads, too. See, this is why I love I, – I had, like, a few questions for you, and I knew this was going to happen, that we just pulled off on the tangents. And I'd rather just tangent with you and treat this like an old friend phone call than anything else. Um, <laughs> That's my favorite. I, yeah, right? I Well, and then, you know, 150,000 listeners across the world are listening to our deepest, darkest secrets. No big deal, right? We got this. So – I oh, think any, going back to your surface of the dark one. Oh, trust me, the surface is not supposed to be touched in my life. Um, <laughs> that's that's for the that's for the people who buy the books. So going back Ian, to the old man thing, I, yeah, right. I am a deep pool of of secrets and joy and sadness, and I I am okay with that. Um, going back to the old man quote, I think. For for men, and again, I'm just speaking on my own behalf as as a man. I, I know some people think I'm a little boy, but that's okay. I pay taxes. I'm a man. Um, you know, that was supposed to be funny. It's okay. Poor joke. I the way that my dad and I are aged, he's always 20 years older than I am, right? So when I was 25, he was 45, right? But when he had me, he was you know, 2021. 20, so when I was 25 and I had my daughter or, well, I, I didn't personally have her, but you get what I'm saying. She was in the world. She was born. Um, yes, yes, yes. It, it didn't, it didn't phase me like the lines the didn't phase me. And I'll, I'll explain that in a second. But now that I'm 28, 29 and my daughter is the, is the age that she is. Now I can actually remember how young she how young she is and how young I was to my father at this age. Like I, I know that's not maybe that's not connecting right. Maybe that's like 
not making a whole lot of sense. But now I am actually filling. You want me to come in on the that? Role. Yeah, because I'm trying to explain it, but I think uh, I think I'm having a poor time doing it. I sort of I think I think I understand what you're saying is that when you and your father were the same age difference that you and your daughter are, it affected you differently. Yeah, and now I'm kind of seeing it as like, oh man, like the 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 shadow in my in my memories. Not the shadow. Uh, maybe, well, maybe the shadow. Like the film, right? The film that plays when I was my daughter's age, I'm envisioning my father, right? But now I'm stuck right. in this weird midpoint where the film that You're my daughter is playing. Son. Correct. Like the film that she is currently playing right now is the point that my father was when I was her age. So to me, I think that's kind of what your boys were getting at too. Like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm an old man now, mom, because now they've come into the same part of the film as they remember their father, potentially, maybe, I don't know. Does that make sense? Exactly. Or am I just... Exactly. In fact, when, yeah, do, when, do I just need to go take makes, a nap? No, it makes, it makes absolute <laughs> sense. Well, you, you actually you pulled that one out of your you pulled that one out of your left ear, shoved it into my right ear, and now it's coming out of my mouth. I got you, Ian. I understand. I'll give you another tangent and another and another yeah. example so that people can understand what you said through my experience. How about that? You want that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. When Send I it. turned when when I turned fifty, the year that I was fifty. Mm-hmm. My husband was 35, and mm-hmm. he looked at me and said, you can't possibly be 50. I said, why not? And you said, watch me. Said, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did not. I didn't challenge him at all. I said, why not? He said, because. Yeah. I, I actually said, why not? My driver's license disagrees. And he said, no, you cannot be 50. I remember when my father turned 50, Mm -hmm. and he was a very old man. You are not old. You can't be 50. (laughs) And I said, okay, Curtis, how old would you like for me to be? He said, I think you should be 35 like me. Yeah, right. Okay, age is just a number. Absolutely, oh, yeah. it's just a number. And I yeah, asked my son, who's 19 years older than his current fiance, but um, <laughs> I, I, he said, I, I think you should be 35 because that's, you know, you feel like you're my age. He said, I've never thought of you as being old until today. And you're not old. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, yeah. I'll be 35 this year. So the next year when I turned <laughs> 51, I inverted my numbers and I celebrated the encore of my 15th birthday. So for the mm-hmm. last umpteen years, which I, I'm not going to get into, I don't even remember how to do the math in my head, but I have been <laughs> celebrating what I call encore birthdays. And I will Aww. never forget the year. I want to say I was, I was in my 60s, uh, probably 61 or so. Went on yeah. a photo outing with a group of my 
photo-taking friend, and mm-hmm. Curtis came along for the ride, and it happened to be on my birthday. Um, I knew we were going out on my birthday. It was not a big deal. We went to a local state park. They asked me, where do you want to go for your birthday photo trip? I said, I want to go somewhere mm-hmm. older and bigger than me. So we went to see this <laughs> 1,500-year-old oak tree that six of us tried to reach around, and we could not reach around it. It was huge. Uh-huh. And when we, stopped, when we stopped for lunch, they pulled out a bottle of champagne, birthday, like a little crown birthday girl, uh, I, uh, little silly birthday gift, and a birthday cake. And I didn't even know they had that. So one of my <laughs> friends said, so, Mary, what birthday are you celebrating this year? And she was expecting me to say, oh, I'm 98 or whatever. I said, you yeah. know, I haven't been this happy since I was nine years old oh, on my birthday. <laughs> I've been that happy, but not on my yeah. birthday. I said, I think yeah, I celebrate yeah. the encore of my ninth birthday. So <laughs> I, I totally get what you're saying. It, it's the perspective yeah, yeah. of being a young man. Well, let's see. If, if you're, yeah, you were a young man when your father was 45. Right, you were twenty five. Oh yeah, yeah. I was I was fifteen, or I was uh, he was forty five. I was twenty five. Yeah. So I was, uh, as he says, I was just getting my brain into gear because you don't have a lick of sense uh-huh. until you're twenty five. <laughs> yes, my my mother used to say that parents don't get smart until their children are thirty. <laughs> I like that one too. Think about well, that. Well, and the yeah. other um. The other thread that I pulled from all this conversation, right, is the – I almost want to call it sick enjoyment that we have such an open, candid discussion about the dark parts of our mind, right? And then yeah. furthermore, the the fulfillment that comes with it in our families. And, and I'll, I'll share a story. I haven't shared it on – off the chain yet so off the chain exclusive no i don't know but anyways um yeah right you you got the host opening up tonight holy crap mary um so my daughter has gone through so 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 many changes this year alone right and hopefully like in the ether you know 10 15 years down the road she hears this and hears how proud i am of her that not only did she move to a new house, she moved to a new school district, and she moved into a whole new living environment, and she's still killing it, right? So for her. Um, one, yeah, and she's, she's so young. You know how young she is. I don't like airing her age out on the air, but, um, you know, her mom called and said, like, you would be really proud of her. Well, she's not said, well, I'm always proud of her. I know that. Yeah, right, just a little bit younger. Um, She said, you know, I'm so proud of Winnie. And I said, well, why? And she said, because she came off the bus, and I kid you not, this little girl's just like you. And I'm like, what, did she, like, slip off the bus and crack her head? Or, like, what happened, you know? I'm like, what? And she said, no, she got off the bus, and she's only been in the school district for maybe a week, right? And every kid rolled down the window to say bye to her. Bye, Winnie. Bye. They're driving down the bus, uh, driving down the road, right? 
And so I was proud, right? But then two or three weeks later, I get an email from her teacher. Uh, well, I'm sorry, it was a forwarded email from my my you know daughter's mother to me saying, hey, I just want you I to know that this mama. happened. And well, see, that has a negative terminology. And I don't like saying ex-wife either. Like, she's 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 a co-parent, you know. Like, she deserves a little bit more respect than just ex-wife or baby mama or you know whatever. And I, I always try to find a better term. I can't. But um, my she email forwarded well, to me. I'll give you real quick. She she's basically your mm-hmm. ex, and it doesn't matter your ex what. You know, yeah, but like that's you said, fair, she she and you are raising Winnie together. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So she forwards me the email. Yeah, and I've said that too. I always switch it up. But she forwarded me the email, and in the email, the teacher says, "Hey, I have some concerns, but I'm also kind of proud." I'm like, "Oh crap!" I remember those emails. Like, (laughs) my emails. (laughs) Winnie um, said, "You know, I want to talk to you," and she went to the teacher, and the teacher asked her what's wrong. And she literally told her flat out, I feel invisible. <gasps> and the teacher's like, whoa, like, what do you mean by that? Like, she didn't even know that Winnie really knew that word. And she's like, I feel like everyone has a role, a function, and everybody has something in place for them except me. And they're all moving around me. And I just can't fit. So I get this phone call that she's getting waves and all this stuff two weeks prior, right? And then she feels comfortable enough breast that she feels invisible. Like, that takes a lot of courage, especially at that young of an age, to go against the grain and say, hey, like, I don't feel right here, and I'm not comfortable with this. And I was more proud of her in that moment because she did what I couldn't do a lot in my life, and she did it maybe two-thirds, half of the the years I've lived, you know? And I think, going back to the point, I think it is because people like you and me can have candid, real conversations about feelings, thoughts, emotions, and all that in a safe space where we can express that and either assimilate it or disassimilate it into something different. And, like, I was super, super proud of winning, taking that step, saying, hey, like, this is how I feel, using right terminology, not being ambiguous, saying this is what I feel, this is what I'm I'm trying to figure out. Can you help me? She did three more things than I did that I didn't do until I was 22, (laughs) you know, 23. So I I think for our listeners tonight, um, that's my big takeaway is that, having these conversations is powerful not only on the radio, not only for our indie artists, but like for our families too. And it shows when you actually yeah. have those conversations. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, great I get to kudos. talk about our, it's, it's great to talk about our art and our, our creativity, but behind it all, we are humans. Do you know one thing that I'm not really proud of right now? We're at the 10-minute mark of our show, Mary. Why are you not proud of that? You might, you could be proud of that, I'm, but just, you don't have to be happy about it. 
I'm not proud of this, Mary. We need to do a two-hour episode. I told you so. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. No, that never you didn't came have to tell me so, but, but we could do that. But I think right. if we do that, we have to have Yvonne involved. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I oh, I miss her so much. Yeah, I, I want to hear. I want to hear her beating us both up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I actually was talking on the show last night to uh, our our guest last night, Julie Morgan. I said, you know, when it's two people having a conversation on the show, Julie? yeah, it goes pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had her on the show last night, and I was telling her. I said, um. You know, when there's two people on the show, it goes pretty quick. But, like, the synergy between Yvonne and me, question, 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 the shows went even faster. And, and I I agree with you. I miss her. And I know um, she's doing good things. And I know that she's happy. And that's that's all I want for her is that she's just happy doing what she's doing. And I know she'll come back one day. I, I'm I don't question it for a moment. I, I know this is just a temporary pause, and she's just letting me, you know, ride the horse for a bit before she comes back and takes back the whole wagon and knocks you down. You know, does what she does. And says, My horse. Yeah, right. My, <laughs> right. Horse. My horse. Oh, you, you enjoyed riding that wagon oh, for a while? Get in the back. <laughs> yeah. Well, so with the last seven or six minutes of our show, I already know the answer because we already kind of alluded to it, but will you come back, Mary, and, and do another episode with me soon? Uh, I don't know. Let me think about it. How much? Oh, that's right. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it. Think about it, only, think about it and then get back to me. <laughs> I will only come back if you will let me talk about BeUnique.org and go with angels. The book that I wrote, which will be coming out really soon. And if anybody wants to buy a copy of this book, which is a book of short stories, the longest story is not even very long. But um, there there are a bunch of short stories and I think one poem, maybe two, about angelic encounters as I interpret them in my life. Go to paypal.me forward slash go with angels. Drop $9.95 and I will send you the book along with um, postage paid. Along with nothing but postage paid. I'll pay the shipping. I appreciate you throwing out that. I appreciate you throwing that out there too. That was the next part. And uh, I'm glad that. Hurricane Ian didn't blow you away too hard. I I, I tried it to break, blow you towards me. <laughs> Do I know? That would be fun if the hurricane blew yeah. you towards you. Oh, right, you just plop though. over and. I'm here. Feed me Come again. more. No, I I have to press <laughs> Meta fast. Uh, we have a brand new Facebook page. It's an event that Be Unique is now doing quarterly. We had our first one this past Saturday. It was off the chain, really and truly. We had <laughs> we had spirit drummers. We had a shaman. We had belly dancers. We had yoga. We had a psychic reading. Uh, we also had artists 
and authors. Um, mm -hmm. We had uh, a woman selling the houseplant, believe it or not. <laughs> Just a little bit of everything that you could imagine was happening at MetaFest. And we're going to do our next one in Merritt Island at Merritt Square Mall on January 14th. And you can find you go. all See. the information about that on BeUnique.org. Be and then we have to bring you back before January, right? We have to bring you back before January so we can tell we can tell people. So you know what? My people and your people will talk because we're busy people. Yeah. And we'll get you back before January. So I, I promise that on the air. Have your people call my people. Um, and your people is you and my yeah, people yeah. is me. But that works. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Let's <laughs> we'll get together in the next week or so and get it on the book. I would love that. Heck, yeah. I would, too. So uh, in, the, in the next 30, 60 seconds, I know we've had so many little um, blurbs, you know, words of wisdom. What's your words of wisdom that you live by for our audience tonight? <laughs> Go with God and drive with angels. I Heck say yeah. that to everybody so, I know. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this has truly, truly been a pleasure, and we have truly, truly been off the chain. This was Mary Brotherton tonight spending an hour with us. Thank you so much, my old friend. I miss you. I am so glad I got to reconnect with you, and we are definitely well, doing something this December. You, you don't reach out to me often enough. That's all. <laughs> if just, I, I'm, I'm Putting the blame on you, buddy. <laughs> and I'm, I'm good at taking the blame. Just ask everybody in my life. No. <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah, was a little you. bit You're more awesome. dark. <laughs> that uh, was a little bit more dark than I wanted to end, but I'll take it. That was good. That was right on the fly. Uh, <laughs> we even practiced that. That, that <laughs> works. It works real good for both of us. <laughs> Well, thank you, my friend. Thank you so much. And then uh, everybody everybody, join us uh, next week, 17 October, 8 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to have one of our old artist friends, Corey Coons, on the show. And he's going to talk about what he's been doing and talk about, uh, you know, some of his works in progress like we always do. And, of course, it will be off the chain. We all know that. So, again, thank you so much, Mary. I appreciate you. Thank you for being in my life. Thank you for being a good friend. Oh, I know Yvonne misses you as you're well. You're welcome. And we will it's talk in December, pleasure. but for <laughs> mine too. So we will definitely talk in December. And on behalf of Yvonne Mason, I'm so excited I can't even say her darn name because <laughs> so, this is a good night. This is a good night. So on behalf of Yvonne Mason, this has been Off the Chain. I have been your host tonight, uh, just trying to fill the shoes of giants. But I have been your host, Ian Bush, and I appreciate every single one of you who tuned in, listened to us, maybe uh, felt some different feelings that they're not used to and, and kind of explored some different things. So on behalf of Yvonne Mason, I hope all of you have a great morning, day, or night. And remember, if nobody else tells you, we love you, we appreciate you, and thank you so much for giving an hour of your time as well. And we will catch you next Monday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Until then, I bid you good night and farewell and be safe. We love you.
Have a good night. Bye. Good night.